This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real-life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. We have a solo Q&A episode today because I felt like I was in the mood to record and I didn't have a recording scheduled and I've kind of had this new mindset and like rule for myself where if I feel in the mood to do something, I should do it because I feel like so often I don't feel in the mood to do whatever the thing is. Like maybe it's working out. Like there are times where I literally dread going to the gym or going to a workout class to the point where like, I want to cry thinking about doing it. So now if I'm ever considering it, like, Oh, like, should I take this class at four 30? Like, should I go on this long walk? Like if I'm considering it where I kind of am tempted to, or I'm like intrigued by it and not repulsed by it, then I do it. So today I was like, ooh, I'm kind of in the mood to record right now, except I didn't have a guest. And I was like, well, that shouldn't stop me because I can absolutely record a solo episode. And I love recording solo episodes. And you guys all send in questions. So I'm excited. I love recording solo episodes. You guys sent in so many questions. I'm probably going to have to do a part two next time I feel in the mood. But that sounds great to me. Before we get into it, 
I need to take a moment of silence because something happened two days ago that really changed my quality of living and my life. Um, rest in peace. My microwave died or broke. And I didn't realize how much that would impact me. But when I tell you it has been a really difficult 48 hours of like multiple, multiple occasions where I have gone to heat something up and not been able to heat it up. So first of all, I need to start by saying the microwave died or I found out that it died when I tried to heat up a cookie. I really wanted like a gooey, fresh baked chocolate chip cookie. And I had made chocolate chip cookies the night before in the oven. And I wanted it to just like be warm and gooey. And so I went and I put it in and I was just gonna do it for like eight seconds. And then it kept not working. And after a while, I had like heated this thing up for a minute. And it was the same temperature from the fridge. And I was like, "Uh Oh, we have an issue here. And since then, I've tried to make tea on multiple occasions. I've tried to heat up soup. I have tried to heat up oatmeal, tried to defrost a bagel from the freezer was going to make minute rice and the list goes on. So please take a minute to give gratitude to your microwave today because you don't know what you got till it's gone. Anyways, ordered a new microwave and it is coming tonight and I am counting down the minutes. Wedding planning updates. Let's get into that. A few of you actually send in questions about that. So thanks for being interested. It's been better. Things have calmed down a lot. It was very, 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 very stressful and overwhelming for a little while there. But we locked in our photographer and our videographer. And I am so excited and so, so, so confident in the team. We're like, I think pictures and the video, other than actually getting married, I think these are the most important things to me because you guys know me. Like I live to like capture every memory possible. And I just... I know I want to go into the day knowing that like, I don't even have to worry. Like I know those perfect moments will be captured in the most beautiful way. And I feel really good about the people we chose. Ironically, they ended up actually being the same company and the same photographers that photographed my bat mitzvah when I was 13 years old, when I became a woman in the Jewish religion. I didn't realize that I had found them, I think through just recommendations from a friend and then I told my mom that we were going to talk to them. And she was like, wait, like, oh, we know these people. They did your bat mitzvah and the boys bar mitzvahs and mine and dad's wedding. And I was like, oh, my God, like, that is so cool. So feeling really like sentimental about that as well. We also just booked our band and I'm so excited. I think a wedding band, like a good wedding band is so crucial to having such a fun party. And our band that we chose, I'm so excited about. They seem so fun. And yes, we're going to make sure they know Jonas Brothers songs. Don't you worry. We got that on lock. And yeah, I feel really good about that. So the next big thing is going to be dresses, which I'm probably going to wait until June when my mom is in New York. And I'll keep you guys updated on that. I'm, I've started to look and I'm not a Pinterest girl. I've never been a Pinterest girl, but I was given advice by a few people to make Pinterest boards for dress vibes, for aesthetic, florals, et cetera, et cetera. And so I have started making my wedding dress Pinterest board. And I don't know if I know what I want or not. Like in my mind, I have no idea. But then I realized that there's a pattern in every single type of dress that I'm like favoring and adding to this board they all look exactly the same. So maybe I do have a wedding dress type. And maybe in the back of my mind, I know exactly what I want my wedding dress to look like. 
But in the front of my mind, I have no clue. And I don't think I'm going to know until I try dresses on. But I'm so excited for the process to begin. That's a lie. I'm nervous. I'm terrified. But it's exciting. It's fun. Okay, I'm going to get into these questions. And the first one kind of has to do with weddings and is super relevant to my life right now. So I am going to take this and then we'll get into dating. Hi, Alana. I've been dating my boyfriend for six months now, and both of us separately have a few weddings later this year. We haven't been getting plus ones to any of the weddings, and it's been kind of rough seeing everyone else get to bring their boyfriend to these events, especially when I know the couples don't have budget issues with the guest list. Any advice for staying positive and not taking it personally? Okay, first of all, congratulations on being six months in with your new boyfriend. That is amazing and a huge milestone. So really excited for you. Second of all, I totally get it. I get where you're coming from. I know it can feel super disappointing to get that invitation finally. And you finally have this person that you want to take to these things that you can take and you don't have to go alone. And then their name isn't on the invitation. And, you know, you mentioned that some of these people, you know, they don't have budget issues with the guest list. So it does feel more personal, like, oh, they purposely did not give me a plus one. I get it. I want to give you the flip side because this is obviously very relevant to me. And I have now spent a month and a half already panicking over a guest list for a wedding in 13 months from now. Um, First of all, I want to call out that budget is not always the factor. Some of these places, most, most wedding venues have a very strict capacity. You can't have more than 170 people or 100 people or 230 people. So even if the person doesn't have budgetary constraints, they might have capacity constraints. Second, there are so many freaking people that have to be invited to this wedding. There's the bride and the bride's friends. There's the groom and the groom's friends. There's the family of the bride. There's the parents' friends, the mom's friends from childhood, the dad's friends from childhood, the people they've met along the way. Then there's also the groom's side and their family. And then the mom's friends, the dad's friends, and their friends together as couples. There are so many people that have to be invited to this wedding. And most of those people also have fiancés or husbands or wives, in some cases, kids that also have to be invited. A lot of people have a rule where if you're not engaged, then you don't get a plus one. You know, you could be living with your partner for years and just not be engaged. And that's where they make the cutoff. Some people have the rule where you have to be living with your partner. The bottom line is there are so many people that have to make this guest list where they are already probably struggling to decide who in their world, like which of their friends can make it versus not make the cut. That's not to say that your boyfriend is less important than their friend or their coworker or the person whose wedding they were at a year ago, but they might feel obligated to invite some people over others. I think everyone has like a little list of obligation invites. I think a good way to explain it, and this is something I've literally like had panic attacks over in the last few weeks is when it comes down to it, all right, let's say there's 200 people going to a wedding. Let's say that guest list gets split into two. 100 people are on the bride and groom side, and then the other 100 are split between both sets of parents. So let's say each parent gets 50, and the couple combined gets 100. So you have to consider families going somewhere in there. Is that going with the parents, or is that going with the couple? And then the bride has her friends, The groom has his friends, and then they have some people who overlap and go into both categories. If you break it down, let's say I'm going by this model, not saying I am, let's say I am, I would only get to invite 50 people. And guess what? 
almost all of my friends are engaged or married. So they all have plus ones. So I actually only get to invite 25 of my friends to my own wedding of 200 people. And remember, those 25 might be including my siblings and my cousins. So I get that it feels personal. I get that it can feel like, oh, they don't want me to have my partner there, or they don't think my relationship is serious enough, or my partner is not important to them. That's not true. It's just very, very complicated. And there are a lot of factors involved and a lot of people to invite. And at the end of the day, a lot of people really just wanted to be surrounded by their closest family and friends. And if they don't know your partner that well yet, that's not to say they don't plan to get to know them. That's not to say they're not so excited for your relationship and happy for you, but they just don't know this person that well yet. And they want to be surrounded by the people who are the most important people in their lives. And you are one of them. And your partner could be someday, but they're not yet. So for now, I would say focus on the fact that you're celebrating the love stories of people in your life. And this is something to look forward to, you know, soon you'll get to go with your partner and it'll be so much more fun and so much more amazing because you'll have waited and you'll have looked forward to it. And then when you get that first invitation with both of your names on it, it's going to feel so, so incredible. But alas, it is very complicated and we have had many a meltdown over the guest list. You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic, and when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning, and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend, who happens to be a doctor, and she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned 
in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. All right, next question. Someone I was seeing ended things because he said he didn't have the capacity to give me what I want. Do you think that can be a genuine and believable reason? Or do you think it's an excuse for he's just not that into you? Struggling with the idea that maybe he just didn't like me, but his actions said otherwise. Everyone says if he wanted to, he would, but life can be more complicated than that. First of all, I'm really sorry that happened. That's a really disappointing and shitty feeling. And I know that hurts. So sending you lots of love. I completely agree that life can be more complicated than that. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes if he wanted to, he would. If she wanted to, she would. But sometimes we can't or we don't know how to or the timing really isn't right. And there could be a thousand other factors going on that can prevent us from being with someone or being able to give our all to a situation. Hearing those words, like I don't have the capacity to give you what I want or what you deserve is really frustrating because from your perspective, and and I've been in this situation and I've said, well, who are you to decide like what I want, what I deserve? Like, I'm happy with whatever you can give me, even if it's only like 20%, you know, I'll take it because to me, 20% is better than nothing. 
and I want to be with you. And that's my choice. But believe me when I say every situation where that happened and I tried to justify it like that, I was absolutely not being treated the way I deserved at all. And I deserved so much more than that. And I deserve somebody who wanted to be with me. And these people were absolutely not that. But I didn't want to believe it at the time. So the question, is it possible that he just didn't like you enough? Yeah, it's possible. You know, I am am a firm believer that when someone really likes someone, like they will do what they can to make it work. But I also believe exactly what you said, where life is more complicated than that. I think we spend so much time searching for answers in situations to give us closure when a lot of the time we're never going to find an answer. Sometimes, you know, we could ask somebody more questions to try and get that answer from them. But then we end up back in this situation where we don't know if their answer is true or if it's just an excuse or something that sounded nice. So they said it. I think all you can do in this situation is take away what the takeaway is. And the takeaway is that for one reason or another, this person ended thing. And instead of spending your time trying to play detective and figure out what went wrong and what's true or not true, I think the best thing you can do is start to process it and move forward. And in moving forward, figure out what did you learn from this relationship, situationship, dating situation? What did you learn from it? You know, did you learn how you do like to be treated, how you don't want to be treated? Did you learn an amount of communication that you need? Did you learn that opening up about something specific that you were afraid to open up about actually wasn't that scary? Did you learn there was a boundary that you needed to set sooner? You know, there's so much that you can take away. And I think that trying to figure those things out is the better approach than trying to figure out, is this truthful? What really happened? Did he just not like me enough? Because the more you can learn about yourself in every situation, the more ready you will be when the right person does come along, who does like you enough, who does have the capacity to give you what you want, who you also have the capacity to give them what they want at that time. It's going to be okay. Sending you a lot of love. It's really painful. I'm sorry, but you got this and you'll get through it. Next question. How do you know when it's right? I'm seeing this guy and it's been two months and I'm not sure how I... He wants to be official and I don't think I'm ready for that when usually I want that. Okay, I love this question and I love the caveat that you gave that usually you do want that because I think that there is something going on here where your gut is telling you something doesn't feel. But that's not to say that something is wrong. So a few situations could be at play. One, it doesn't feel right because you just haven't gone that deep. You haven't spent enough time with this person to know that it's the right thing or that they're the one, you know, two months is an amount of time. It's not the longest time you're not supposed to like know you're ready to marry someone after two months, you know, on the flip side, maybe it's a gut feeling that it isn't right. That is entirely possible. Maybe they're great, but they're just not right for you. I think we run into the situation sometimes where we have dated, we're exhausted we're sick of the apps, we just want to meet somebody. And we meet somebody who seems great. And they are great. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. And we enjoy our time with them. And so we try and convince ourselves like, okay, everything's great. It's great on paper. Like this makes sense. Like, let's just do it. Why not? But I think it's so important to realize that just because someone's great and wonderful, doesn't mean that they're the person for you. 
there are a lot of wonderful, great, awesome, exciting, friendly, positive, welcoming, nurturing people out there, but they're not all going to be the right fit. So this could be a situation like that, where this person is a really great person and there's nothing wrong with them and there's nothing wrong with you. It's just not a fit because we're not supposed to be a perfect fit with everybody. You know, that doesn't make sense. That's why we search and search and to find our person. And it's not easy because we're not supposed to be with everyone. So I think it could be that. But what I would say to you is remember, you don't have to know if you want to marry this person. You can just continue to explore things. And if they want exclusivity because that helps them feel safe or whatever it is, if you're willing to give that to them, you can give that to them. But you're not signing a marriage license. You're not getting a ring on your finger. You're not saying this is it. You're just kind of committing to exploring it further and getting to know them better. And if you try that and immediately it feels wrong, then it's not the one. But at least you tried and you'll feel better knowing that you tried and gave it a real fair shot than kind of being half in, half out, or just being out because you weren't sure. So I would say if you are curious to continue spending time with this person, getting to know them, then that's every reason that you should. And there are no reasons that you shouldn't. But take stock if reasons that you shouldn't start to come up, then you shouldn't. And they're just not your person. And that's okay. Next question. How do I tell the guy that I'm seeing that I'm a virgin? Or do I tell him at all? For context, I'm 25 years old. We're about to go on a third date. And he seems like a great guy so far. There's not really a reason why I've never had sex. I've gotten close a few times before, but it just never happened. I'm totally down to do it whenever. How should I tell this guy if things start to get steamy? I'm afraid it might spook him. Thanks and love the podcast. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Love you. And thank you for sending this question in. I am actually really, really, really glad you sent this question in. First and foremost, I am going to encourage you if you have not listened to this unfiltered episode, I will link it in the show notes. It is called The 27-Year-Old Virgin. It was one of my favorite episodes and one that I absolutely, absolutely encourage everyone to listen to, even if you're not a virgin, because you could end up on a date with somebody who is. So check that out. And yeah, thank you for sending in this question. I know there are a lot of other people in the same boat as you, and it definitely can be tricky to navigate. Let's start with your comment, I'm afraid it might spook him. First of all, you don't have to tell him if you don't want to. You don't owe it to somebody to tell them. Telling them is for you. If it makes you feel more comfortable, if it makes you feel more safe, those are reasons to tell someone. But don't just tell somebody because you feel like you have to. That being said, I know it might feel like an elephant in the room. Obviously, He doesn't know the elephants in the room, but you do. And I'm sure it's something that is kind of weighing on you of like, oh, when do I tell him if things are kind of going in that direction? If I tell him, how should I do it? I personally think that the best approach to this would be to bring it up kind of casually. It doesn't have to be this big grand Q&A about why you are a virgin. You can just say, you know, maybe you're hooking up and it seems like it's getting to that point. You could say right then and there, hey, I just wanted to let you know, I've actually never had sex with anyone before, or I've never done this before, or I'm a virgin, but I feel really comfortable with you and I'm excited to do this. And I just wanted to kind of be straightforward about that and not hide anything, which again, you're not hiding anything. This is only if you want to say it. So that's one option. And if they ask, if they, they might stop, they might ask questions. They might literally be like, okay, if you're sure you want to do it, then great, let's do it. If they ask you why, Say whatever the fuck you want. 
you can say exactly what you said to me, which is you've gotten close a few times, but it's just never happened. You can say that you want to feel really comfortable with somebody before being intimate like that. And that hasn't happened in the past, but you feel really good about this situation. You feel safe with them. You could also bring it up before you start hooking up. You know, maybe you're on a walk back to someone's apartment after grabbing drinks or dinner. And obviously going back to an apartment is a time when things are about to happen. And you can say, first of all, if you're not ready, you don't have to, you know, you can still go up to someone's apartment and not have sex. That's actually something I would do when I was single a lot and hanging out with people or going back to my place or their place after dates. And I didn't feel ready yet. I would say as we were walking or like before we got to the door, like, oh, you can come up, but we're not having sex. I would just put it out there point blank because I wanted to feel super comfortable and not feel pressure when they were over when I was at their place. So I wanted to kind of put it out there from the get go. So maybe you're walking after a date and you can say something like, listen, like, I'm not stupid. I know we're like going back to each other's places. Um, I kind of want to put something out there just because it's on my mind. I actually am a virgin. I have had opportunities to have sex. I just have chosen not to. I feel really comfortable with you. And I wanted to let you know where I'm at, but I am super down if you are. I don't want to put the words in your mouth because I don't know exactly how you feel or how anyone else in the situation feels at this moment. But I think just saying it in the most casual way is a really good approach because if you don't make it a big deal, they shouldn't make it a big deal. They definitely shouldn't make it a big deal to begin with, but you never know. I think the most important thing here is whatever you say matters way less than how they respond and how they react to it. So if anybody reacts in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable or makes you feel unsafe or makes you feel judged, then I'm glad you said something because that's everything you need to know about them to not do it with this person. And again, going back to what I said in the beginning, you don't have to tell them unless you want to. Telling them is for you, not for them. If anyone else has any other suggestions for this, let me know, DM me, I'll share it to the story. But good luck, you're gonna be great and I'm excited for you. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure 
culture due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across. And I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, Season 15, Episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Guys, I need to call out that Barkley has been a sweet angel boy this entire recording. Like he's literally just laying on my lap. He's been quiet. He has not been being loud and obnoxious and whiny. And I'm so proud of him. It was his second birthday last week. Um, that's when he ate the brownie and the oatmeal raisin cookie and we had to go to the hospital. Good times, Barks. But um, he's being a little cutie boy and I love him. All right, next question. This one says, what to do when the person you're seeing has a family bereavement slash illness and is MIA? That's tough. This goes back to life is hard and shit happens. I think the reason this is so hard is, especially when you're seeing someone new, you really want to be there for them. But at the same time, this is something really heavy to navigate. You don't necessarily know how they are in heavy situations. It might be so new that you don't really know if they want you to be there for them or if they expect you to be there for them or if they have the capacity to kind of go through this with you. And then you're also kind of left there feeling anxious, not knowing like, oh, are they not reaching out to me? I mean, are they not planning with me? Are they not talking to me because of all this that's going on? Or are they suddenly no longer interested? And, you know, when can I reach out without it being too much? I think there's a lot of sensitive dynamics at play. I think the best thing you can do in this case, whether it's with someone you're dating, a friend, a family member, anyone, is just be upfront and say, hey, I'm so sorry. I can't imagine what you're going through. I really want to be there for you in whatever way is most helpful. Let me know if that's checking in daily or calling and talking on the phone once every few days when you're feeling up for it or being a distraction when you need one. I don't want to overwhelm you, but I want you to know I'm here for you and I'm thinking of you. I think that's really the best thing you can do is ask them, how can you show up for them? And they might not know. You know, they might not have the answer. A lot of us don't know ourselves how we're going to react to a situation or what we're going to want or what we're going to need. I think just really understanding that this has nothing to do with you. So if they're not texting you back, if they're not reaching out to make plans, if they're not confiding in you, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with what they're going through. And I know that's not a definitive answer of like, well, at what point 
are they going to reach back out? Like at what point will things go back to normal? I don't know. It's so situational. They definitely don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. But I think stay patient. Keep busy. You know, you don't want to sit there staring at your phone, staring to see if they're posting anything on social media, but not responding to your texts. Like none of this has to do with you. So don't forget to take care of yourself in this situation and prioritize you also and make sure that you're keeping yourself happy and healthy and sane because you don't want to get sick over this feeling of not knowing what's going on with this person who's dealing with maybe something unimaginable. It's so hard, especially, especially in the early stages of dating when something happened. Actually, on mine and Jake's first date, about a minute into sitting down, he was like, how was your weekend? And no joke, my response was pretty terrible. My mom was in the hospital, but she's okay. She's out now. She'll be okay. But yeah, it sucked. But we're good now. And a lot of people might caution against that. Like, oh, it's like trauma dumping. Like, don't be negative on the first date. But like, that's what was going on for me. And that's what was top of mind was that my mom was just in the hospital. And she was out then or she was getting out or something on the road to recovery. If she wasn't, I definitely would have canceled the date. But it felt like something that I could just say because it was relevant to my life. And then we could move on from the conversation. And I think that was really important because it showed like humanity. It also allowed him the opportunity to be caring in response. And he definitely did like follow up and check in and ask how she was doing, which I appreciated. But yeah, had things took a turn for the worse and she wasn't out of the hospital and wasn't doing okay, that would have been really difficult to start talking to somebody during that time because that's probably all I would have wanted to talk about. But this person was so new in my life where it like would have been weird to talk to them about it or I would have just talked to them too much about it where it's all we talked about and we didn't actually get to know each other outside of that. It's weird. It's really tough in the beginning stages of dating, but hang in there and be patient and you got this. You'll be okay. And I hope they're okay. How to prepare slash know you're ready to move in with your boyfriend. Ooh, love this question. Okay. I love the philosophy of like wanting to do the next step. So how to know when you're ready to move in with your boyfriend? When you know you see a future and things feel really good and stable and positive, but you are excited for something more. You know, you want to get to that next step with them. You want to spend more time with them or, you know, experience just the mundane of everyday life, but also combining your lives. I think wanting to do that next thing with somebody is really key. And I think there are also a lot of other logistics, like have you lived alone if you wanted to live alone? Did you get to do that? You know, I really encourage people to live alone before moving with their partner. It's something that I did. I never in a million years before would have thought I would have wanted to live alone. I'm so glad I did because it helped me become independent and self-sufficient. And I think that's really useful now that me and Jake do live together and are engaged and, you know, starting our lives together. I think it's really important that I can be on my own for the nights that he's working late or he's making plans with his friends, going to watch a game. I don't feel like, oh, well, why isn't he picking me? Why isn't he with me tonight? What do I do on my own? No, like I love nights on my own, just plopping down on the couch, watching a show, having me time. I love that. And I would not have known that had I not took the time to live alone. So that was important to me. So if that's important to you too, make sure you take the time to do that. Make sure you give yourself the opportunity to do that. Maybe it's the flip side. Maybe you've lived alone 
for years, but you haven't actually lived with friends and you really want to experience having a roommate in the city or wherever you are, whatever it is, living with a best friend, make sure you do that. You know, I think it's important to experience the things that you want to experience. And then as things develop with this relationship and you want to now experience these certain things with them, then that's how you know you're ready. I will say I had turned to a lot of my friends for advice when I was moving in with Jake or when we were planning and moving in together. And some of these friends were married and they all had the same response where they said, people think that getting married is the transition. It's not. Moving in together is the transition. That's really the life change. Getting married is just signing a contract and having a party. But moving in together is when you're really combining your lives. Maybe you're combining your finances or having conversations about finances in a way that you never have before. It's splitting chores. It's making sure that supplies for the apartment are always ordered. It's making sure that you're respectful of each other's needs when it comes to having alone time versus time together. It's making sure you remember to prioritize each other and have time set aside for date nights and to make each other feel special. So there are a lot of things that come in with moving in together that can be a big transition, but it's really exciting and fun if you feel ready for it. I would caution against moving in together if you specifically don't feel ready. I think it's really, really dangerous to move in with somebody out of convenience. You know, your leases are up at the same time or, oh, it'll be more affordable for us to split rent. If those are the reasons you're moving in with somebody, you're not doing it for the right reasons. And it's probably more likely not going to work out. You need to be moving in together because you're excited to take that next step in your relationship and because you want to live with this person. In terms of preparing for moving in together, I think make sure you're having conversations about finances. Like I said, are you guys splitting rent down the middle 50-50? Or I've heard some people do it where one person makes a lot more than the other. So they kind of calculate percentages based on their income. And that's the percent they will pay of rent. I've heard situations where one person just pays the whole thing and the other chills and that's great for them. So you got to figure out what's important to you and you want to make sure you're really clear and upfront about that with each other and like openly communicating about what feels good for both of you before going into it. I think also communicating about boundaries, you know, maybe you really do value your alone time because you're independent because you lived alone or for whatever reason. And you know, you need like two nights alone. You know, you can't just show up living together and be like, okay, I'm kicking you out now because I need the apartment. Like you got to really communicate that and say like, Hey, I love that we're living together. I'm so excited. I know that I really treasure my nights alone and they're just my little self-care nights. And I don't want to ever kick you out or make you feel like you're not welcome here. But maybe we can come up with a night or two a week where we give each other the apartment just so we have that space to do whatever we need to do and have our alone time. I think that's an important conversation to have. I think it's important to figure out like, is this going to be the party hangout spot for all of his friends? Or is it going to be like bachelor Mondays, all of your girlfriends are going to come over? Are they okay with that? You know, I think you really just got to have all these conversations and be super open and communicative and listen a lot to what the other person wants and needs and make sure you figure out what you want and need so you can communicate that. But I promise you it is so fun. It is so doable. And as long as you're communicating, it should be a really easy, wonderful and lovely, exciting process. So I'm excited for you. Let me know how it goes. I can't wait to hear about it. A follow up question about living together. Somebody said, how has living with Jake influenced your previous schedule without him when getting ready? That's a really interesting question. 
I don't think it has. I'm funny with getting ready. I could either get ready for something in 20 minutes. Like fun fact about me, I take the world's fastest shower and I think that I'm in there forever and I'll come out of it and it'll have been like four and a half minutes and I will have thought it was the world's longest shower. So I take really fast showers and then my hair dries pretty easily on its own if not like doing anything to it. Honestly, I could get ready for something in 15 minutes if I had to. I more so like to take a long time with getting ready. So like, let's say we're going to dinner at eight. I'll start getting ready at like, I'm going to leave at 730. I'll start getting ready at like six or 630 and like really take my time with it. It honestly depends if I have my outfit picked out yet or not, because sometimes if I have no idea what I'm wearing, that's really where I will panic. And before Jake moved in, it would be like a scene from a Disney Channel movie where the character has no idea what to wear and pulls out everything from her closet. It's the same now that Jake lives here. I still do that. And I have complete freakouts. And I'm like, I hate everything I own. I don't know what to wear. And then I end up wearing like the same thing every time. So honestly, Jake living here, us living together has not impacted how I get ready. We do have one bathroom. So we do have to take turns if we're if like he needs to shower and I'm doing my makeup, like we're not doing that at the same time. Um, but other than that, yeah, my biggest thing is that I'm just always late no matter what. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, I'm ready to go. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, go get the elevator. And he'll stand there for like five minutes before he knows I'm actually ready for him to get the elevator. But it's okay. I'm one of those people where you just got to tell me to arrive 30 minutes before <laughs> and then I'll arrive on time. No, it's something I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I, I do hate being late. I always like sprint, sprint to the subway. I get really anxious when I'm late. I promise I'm working on it. Okay, one more here. How to know when you're ready to date again after taking a break to focus on self-growth and healing. First of all, I am so proud of you for taking that break and focusing on yourself and prioritizing yourself. It's not easy for people to set that time aside and really look within and do that work. So I just hope you're so proud of yourself too for doing that. And anyone else listening who's done that, I really applaud you. And I promise you will be better for it. And you're stronger because of it. When to know when it's time to get back out there. I think it's just kind of a feeling of curiosity. You know, for a while after a breakup or when you're going through a hard time, you have no interest in dating. Like you might see the hottest, most attractive, awesome person ever. And you're just not even thinking about wanting to go on a date with them, wanting to like grab their face and kiss them or whatever it is that you think about when you see somebody attractive. You're not thinking about that for a very long time. It's just not crossing your mind. Eventually, there's a tiny little switch and there's a shift. And suddenly, you might see that really attractive person and think, wow, I kind of want to go on a date with that person. Or you might think to yourself, hmm, I wonder what would happen if I re-downloaded an app. Like I kind of kind of want to grab drinks with someone. It might be fun to like flirt a little. You might just get this little curiosity of wanting to see what's out there or wanting to go on a date or wanting to go out and meet people. And I think that's really when you know. And if you don't know that you feel that, but you want to try, try, dip your toes in, download an app or go out for a night with a friend and wingman each other. You can always decide, never mind, I jumped in too soon or I don't feel ready. I want to take a little more time for myself. You just got to do what feels comfortable and what feels good for you. And if 
you dip your toes in and you decide, all right, I'm ready to, to dive in, jump in. Let's do it. Let's get back out there. Great. Get back out there. You dip your toes in and you realize, okay, maybe I'm not as ready as I thought I was. That's fine. Take a step back. Apps aren't going anywhere. Dating scene's not going anywhere. Single people are not going anywhere. Trial and error. Go with your gut. Do what feels comfortable. And again, really proud of you. All right, let's do one more because I cannot ignore this one. Somebody wrote in, I had a great first date, but he told me that we're not a good match, but that he still wants to be friends. All right. You were not friends before. You went on one date. You have friends. You don't need this person as your friend. This person has no business being your friend. And if it's somebody that you felt a connection with and they didn't, don't bother trying to be friends with them. Listen, I've heard stories and I've had it happen where like a dating situation just didn't work out and both people didn't feel it, but wanted to be friends and became friends. That's different than you feeling a really deep connection, wanting something more. This person being like, let's just be friends, but like actually be friends. Like that's not going to go anywhere and you're just going to get hurt and want something more. If you also didn't feel a connection, but like think, oh, this person would be a great friend. Sure. Not going to say don't pursue a friendship, but I think it's very rare to turn a date situation into a friendship. And I think more often than not, people just say like, oh, but let's be friends because they feel like it lessens the blow when it actually could give false hope or lead to misunderstandings or just also usually just fizzle. Usually nothing at all comes after someone says, let's be friends because you're not here to make friends. If you are, go for it. I don't necessarily recommend it in most situations. But yeah, I think people need to stop saying let's be friends unless they actually mean it and intend to pursue a friendship with someone. I will say, though, that is how Jonah and I originally stayed in touch after our bunch of dates. And I had said like, hey, I'm still getting over my ex. I'm like not ready to date again, but let's be friends. And he was like, "Okay, sure. He wasn't really sure to believe me or not, but I did follow up and like pursue a friendship with him. And we started talking about like The Bachelor and stuff. And we kept in touch as friends. Granted, I think for a long time, I wanted something more than just friends with him. But I did pursue a friendship in a way. And we became friends and started a podcast together. So you never know. But I would not hold your breath and, and wait for this friendship to come because it probably won't. Okay, that is all we have for today because my computer is dying. Otherwise, I would actually do 20 more questions, but I have 9% battery and I got to save this episode before it quits out and freezes and I lose it forever. But love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, please, please, please send them seeing other people podcast at gmail.com or fill out the form for the questions. There is a Google form that is saved to an Instagram story highlight on seeing other people's Instagram. And that is the best, most reliable way for you guys to ask questions, me to answer them on the podcast, either in a Q&A episode or with a guest during a Q&A section. So love when you send those in. And if there are any topics you guys want me to address on a solo episode or any episode in general, any guests you want me to have on, let me know, DM me, email me, a million ways to reach me. Love all of you. Don't forget to give thanks to your microwave on my behalf. And I love you guys. I will talk to you next time. 
Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Thank you.